Welcome into this Five Clubs conversation. I'm Emma Carpenter, and if you know golf, you likely know my good friend, Tisha Allen. Tisha is a golf media personality. She's a former professional golfer, content creator, Fitbit personal trainer. I mean, the list really goes on and on. Tisha and I met this summer uh, with some work that we did with Golf Pride during the U.S. Women's Open, really all about growing the women's game. And let me tell you, this girl is so impressive. She's got 1.2 million followers on TikTok, 364,000 on Instagram, and she is on all the other platforms as well, Twitter, YouTube. She's only 29 years old. She really kills it. She's partnered with, uh, I mean, she's got deals like Puma, Cobra, Topgolf, AT&T, Waste Management, Cisco, BMW, the list goes on and on. This girl is so much fun to talk to, and I know that you guys are really going to enjoy the listen today. And with that, I welcome in Tisha Allen. Tish, what's going on, girl? <laughs> I'm chilling. I'm just hanging with my homie Emma. That's what's up. <laughs> awesome. It's so good to see you um, via screen, of course. Um, haven't seen you since this summer. W- what have you been up to? What's new? Gosh, so much has happened since we worked together, huh? Um, I've done a lot of travel. I've had quite a few gigs in between. Um, I'm now going through some personal travel just to like for fun for me. Uh, There's been a lot of golf events um, since I've last seen you, a lot of Fitbit shoots, um, Puma gigs, and just a lot of really fun events. Uh, That's just kept me so busy. I feel like I'm like on a, I'm on a USA tour, but I'm actually (laughs) home and in one place for once. So I'm very excited to be home for the holidays. That's really nice. I mean, I know you, I know you're always, you're moving a million miles an hour, got a ton (laughs) of stuff going on. So I really appreciate you, you joining me today and taking a little bit of time to sit down and just kind of talk all about, all about you today, your life, you know, how you got to where you are. And I'm really excited to chat. I'm excited too. Let's get into it. Awesome. Well, Hey, so I mean, it's very, very clear that the game of golf is a really big part of your life. And Tish, I mean, you are a big part of the golf industry. So, you know, it's to my understanding that your your father actually got you started in the game of golf when you were only eight years old. So I want to know kind of where did that love for the game of golf begin? And when did you realize that golf was going to remain a constant throughout your life? So I actually started competing around seven or eight, but my dad introduced me when I was three. So I've been playing for a very long time. Um, And really for me, like there really wasn't a moment when golf was not in my life. Like my fondest memory, I was always on a golf course. So I didn't really know life any other way. And it was really just a means of my dad and I bonding. Um, And then when I kind of hit like maybe like 11, 12 years old, if anyone said, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? It was always a professional golfer. Like, and so as, as young as, you know, 10, 11, 12, that's really when I thought golf is going to be in my life for a very long time. And I'm just very fortunate that, you know, as, as you are, like you're in school. And I think a lot of college athletes go through a period of like, am I going to pursue it, you know, beyond college? Is this the end for me? Or do I keep going? Uh, And I think that was like the real, 
real test for me after. And, you know, as you see where I am now, I'm very fortunate that I'm able to keep golf in my life, incorporate broadcast in my life. I get to keep multiple things in my life that I love uh, without having to be professional. So I knew it was always going to be a huge part. I'm just very fortunate that it's been landing in my career this way. You mentioned that it was around 11 or 12 years old that you wanted to play professional golf, right? Mm -hmm. We want to, I want to get into all of that, you know, that decision that you talked about eventually having to make, it's definitely a question me. I'm, I'm a senior in college right now. Uh, a lot of people, I get asked about every day, whether or not I'm going to decide to play professional golf as, as I'm sure you did too. But mm -hmm. as you were a junior golfer, I mean, the, what you did certainly paid off early off in your career. When you were a junior golfer, you were ranked in the top 150 in the nation. You had uh, you had six top 15 finishes in AJGAs. I never did that. That's really impressive. <laughs> you also qualified for U.S. Junior. So, I mean, you were up mm -hmm. there in, in the top of junior female golfers. That's a great accomplishment in itself, of course. And you went on to play at Cal State Fullerton. You played mm -hmm. four years at Cal State Fullerton. And I, like you said, you wanted, you said that you wanted to play professional golf, you know, throughout that kind of junior career. So tell me maybe why Cal State Fullerton, why did mm -hmm. you choose that school? What was kind of that process like in making that decision? Yeah. You know, college recruitment is such an interesting process. And I think it's even way different now, like for, for your process versus mine, because I'm, I'm a few years out of college now. And for me, there was not really a guide in terms of like how to go through recruiting. It was really just me, trial and error. And I was in between quite a few schools. So I'm originally from Illinois and I moved to California when I was around 12 or 13. And, and I really did want to stay in the West Coast. So that was a huge influence. But the colleges that I, I narrowed down to was uh, UC Davis, um, uh, Cal State Long Beach, Cal State Fullerton, uh, Baylor University was a big one, but that's out in Texas. And um, I was looking at, at a couple schools in Illinois because I thought maybe I'll go back to Illinois. And for me, it really owned in, I, I kind of zeroed in on the California schools. And I thought for sure that Davis was going to be it for me because they, I don't know what the ranking is now, but during my time, they were, you know, top 10, top 20 um, in NCAAs. And but the difference for me would have been, I would have been fighting to be on the travel team. And then at Cal State Fullerton or Cal State Long Beach, I knew I was going to be playing basically number one. And so for me, that was a huge influence. And at Cal State Fullerton during my time, the head coach quite knew her name is Pearlson and Pearlson Bonani, but Pearlson, she was one of the first Korean LPGA players on tour. And so during my, she doesn't coach there anymore. She really only coached during my time and a little more years after. But when I, when she came on to Cal State Fullerton and I met her for the first time, she came out to recruit me and she was like, Hey, we just reinstated our program. We're trying to bring it back. Like we're not the best, but I think I can help you get to the tour basically. And when she presented me with that, we hit it off. And I loved, I loved my relationship with her. Like, don't get me wrong. We had hard times, but I wanted to be guided by her. I wanted, she was, she knew everything, the ins and outs of the tour. She was a very, very successful junior player and, you know, LPGA player. So that was really my biggest influence. And Cal State Fullerton had an amazing broadcast program in comparison to uh, Long Beach and Davis, in my opinion. So those were my biggest influences. Wow. Well, it sounds like we actually had a pretty, you mentioned how it's very different. I it sounds like we had a pretty similar experience just in terms of narrowing down schools. Um, mm -hmm. you know, 
for me, I, it was the same exact thing. I actually chose to come here and play for the University of Minnesota because the head coach, um, Michelle Redmond at the time, I've got a new, a new coach now who's amazing. But at the time, the coach who was recruiting me was uh, very successful in the LPGA tour. And she said to me, mm-hmm. you know, I really think that I can help you if you want to play professional golf. And that was super, super um, appealing, you know, uh, and it was same thing. You know, I talked to some schools that I felt lucky to kind of be talking to. And I feel like I always, I always tell junior golfers this when they're getting recruited, the importance of like going somewhere where you are super wanted, go somewhere where they are really (laughs) excited to have you on the team because it's going to make your experience. Right. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah. So at Cal state Fullerton, it's, Actually, it's funny that you mentioned, uh, you know, going in and being able to contribute to the team right away because you were actually the first ever Titans golfer to play in every single tournament throughout her entire four year career. That's like a really cool. <laughs> I, story. I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Well, Thanks you do now. <laughs> that's like, awesome. What? That's so cool. You're the first ever to play in every single event your entire four years. I mean, you were that you were that needed the whole time. Like, I guess that that makes me feel good. I wish I had known that while I was in it, but but I'll take the compliment now. That's I don't awesome. know though. That could have been nerve wracking. I would have been like shaking during qualifying. Like, oh no. <laughs> That's funny. Gosh, I do not miss qualifying. You know what a what a thing to like have to beat out your own teammates to go out to go play and represent your school, but um. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool fact. It's funny. You mentioned qualifying. I tell, I tell um, people all the time, like other sports, I'm like, yeah, we have qualifying today. You know, uh, not everybody travels. And they're always like, what? Not everybody <laughs> travels? I'm like, no, in college golf, for those listeners who don't know, in college golf, only five, maybe six girls travel or, mm-hmm. you know, whichever team you're on in golf. But uh, you have to compete against your, your teammates outright to earn a spot to go play. And if you don't yeah. make the travel team, you got to stay home and it sucks. It's no fun. <laughs> no, it's absolutely no fun. I mean, there, I mean, golf is an individual sport, like, as we know, and I think it's just so wild that when you go through qualifying for a hot second, you're like, you want to, you know, you want to beat your teammates. You don't like, they're not your friends all the time. And until you're out there together when you travel and it's just like the wildest thing. There was a time during my, my, you know, my, my duration in college where we had 11 players on the team. So truly we had an A team and a B team. And when qualifying happened, it was like cutthroat, like, you know, we're, we're all pretty high level. And so it's really, who's going to bring out the best in their game that, that day and then coach would have her couple coaches pick and so yeah there was there was never a time that I wasn't under pressure like yeah. in my life I feel like and yeah. I'm sure you I'm sure you feel that totally totally but that I mean we golfers we we live for the pressure at times <laughs> we <know>. do. <laughs> I agree so, and Tish you had a you had a really impressive college career you actually you, you won a college event your senior year at the Rose City Collegiate um in September Uh, You also helped your team clinch the win at the same event. So that is really cool. You know, you talk about that camaraderie, having your besties out there with you on the course. It's that's the neatest feeling ever. And you were also 
Uh, clearly, Tish, you don't know a whole lot of stats about yourself from college. <laughs> no, I'm learning all this. This is great. I'm like, wow, thank you. you, Emma, you make me feel so great about myself, but I'm not just a trick shot artist. Like, I was a good golfer. Thank you. Oh my gosh, you are so much more than a trick shot artist, but so <laughs> you were you. actually, you were one of just two Cal State Fullerton golfers to record 10 rounds of par or better in program history. One of two people to do that. Okay. Yeah. I like it. So, I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> especially, especially given that you didn't know, and this is amongst many other things. I mean, first of all, how does it, how does it feel to know that you, you know, during your time there, you broke some of those records and you got to add your name to some of these short lists. I mean, you really, to say the very least lived up to exactly what your coach, um, you know, saw in you. No, oh, that's so kind. Thank you. I mean, it kind of gives me like a little bit of chill. It's like hearing all the facts that you're telling me and it just feels very uh, validating. Like I know I lived through it and I know that I, I literally went through those experiences myself, but like, you know, you, you tend to forget when you're very in it. Uh, you, you tend to forget the accomplishments that you had or once had. And so to know that I broke records, to know that I made a difference, especially at Cal State Fullerton, means a lot. I mean, that was that was my hope. I, I wanted to kind of come into the school and make a dent, winning the the Rose City, um, you know, that that championship in Portland. I'll never forget the way that happened and the way it made me feel because that was a defining factor for me to go pro thereafter. I, when once I won that and it was downpouring in Portland, it was a really rough few days and I was in it and I won, I think just by two but we came down to the last hole, like I birdied and the other girl bogeyed. And so that's the only reason why it went to two. Like we actually were coming in, like who's going to win. And um, it was raining. And I just remember my team being there cheering me on and they're like, you won. And I finally felt like all my like muscles just relaxed and the tension relaxed. And I cried during my, my speech when I got that trophy, because no one knew the grind, you know, behind the scenes. And and even now, like on social media, you see what you see on my feed, right? But no one knows the grind that actually happens when it comes to creating something socially or even just to have the game that I have to present on social. Like it didn't come from nowhere when people are like, what, how'd you get into it? I'm like, well, actually it started when I was three. Like yeah. that's how I got to here. You know, it didn't just like, I didn't just have these followers overnight or have these accomplishments overnight. So really right. refreshing, feels really good. Um, I'm going to keep those those facts in my back pocket in case anyone gives me crap and be like, yeah, well in college, did you know? <laughs> yeah, in college, X, Y, Z, fact check it, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I love well, that. I mean, it's, it's awesome you bring that up too, Tish, because really like in this whole, you know, golf influencer world that I would consider, shoot, I would consider myself to be, to be a part of that as well. Yeah. Um, me playing college golf um, is helpful and at least showing that I'm still competing, I guess. But I mean, it's, it's so great that, you know, people like you who are really making such a mark on the industry. I mean, you're a phenomenal golfer as you've been a phenomenal golfer. And it's crazy how some people truly don't understand that things are, (laughs) things are definitely changing and people like you are making that difference. But I mean, it's so funny to me, like people, even, even now, you know, me still being in college and still competing, people are like, oh, you know, are you any good at the game or do you just like to talk about it? And it's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It took a lot to get here first of all. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it more than anyone for sure. You know, you mentioned that it was kind of in that moment when you thought for sure that you want to play professional golf. And I can relate mm-hmm. to that 
100%. You know, there are moments where you feel like your hard work has paid off and you feel like, you know, maybe the sky's the limit. Like, wow, you know, this is just one moment in time. I think I can achieve so much more. So you being able to leave college on such an impressive note, your mind, like you said, it had to be on professional golf. It was on professional golf. So, you know, leaving college, what were some of your, your goals and aspirations just in terms of what you wanted to achieve at the professional level? I mean, I think just like many of the girls who do choose to go pro, the goal is to get on the LPGA tour. And that was really something that I thought out, especially like coming into freshman year of college, knowing that I had Pearl as my coach, she knew that LPGA is what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be. That was all I believed in. I was such a range rat. I was such a grinder when it came to being when I was in college golf, like I really didn't have a social life. Like I think people would be really shocked to know the person I was in college because I was just very like militant. I was like after class practice, night range, sesh, practice, putting. Like I was just very, very in it. I was a very serious person. I was a very serious golfer. Um, and you go on my social media and I'm like dancing and you know, all the wildest things. But my goals out of college were you know, to qualify for the LPGA, I wanted to give it like a good five years and see like where that landed me. After a year in, I, I I did really well on the mini tour circuit my first couple of years. I won two on the mini tour circuit. I was top on the money list. And then I earned my Symmetra tour status after Q school. And I think when you get into the Symmetra tour, I didn't even get to play an event because my status is still quite low on the Symmetra, which it's not called the Symmetra anymore, but it was at the time. Mm-hmm. And And when I got hit by the Symmetra tour, that was really like a huge, like slap of reality. Like I really wanted to go pro. I really wanted to be in the LPGA. That was always the goal. And, you know, to win an LPGA event would, would have been the dream, but somewhere in that middle, actually right out of college, basically social media hit and social media hit. And that really affected my career, uh, in my opinion, for the better, it took away the professional golf, but For a minute there, I was using social media as a means of enhancing my professional golf career. And that's, that was, that was my purpose. Like, let's show off my game. Let's show off what I can do. Hopefully someone can help me with clothes or like golf clubs. Like I really just needed help because I was doing this on my own. I couldn't ask my family. I was going, you know, working full time at a golf course so I could become a professional golfer. So that was the immediate goal. This is where I ended up being a a personality and I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I mean, gosh, what so many people don't understand, especially, you know, us young girls early on in our life, we want to play professional golf. It's like the the financial backing that's really required to pursue professional golf is really, I mean, it's, it's it's hard. It's so hard. It's so hard to make it and play professional golf. And I mean, if you're making money right away, like, well, my goodness, are you? Yes. You're killing it. Well, You're killing it. Like, yeah, I, I, I put the bag down in 2018. So I'm what, 19, 20, 20, we're four years that, wow. It's been four years since I put the bag down. Jeez. I'm uh, <laughs> feeling a little old. Um, and, and I, I gave it, you know, I gave it a really hard three years in, but then, you know, when social media kind of came into my, my life, I was like, I cannot miss this opportunity. I think something can be great with this. Um, and yeah, that financial, uh, the financial factor and in a woman's golf is is I don't know that it's talked about enough or um I, I know that when girls talk about it on tour I think a lot of maybe the perception is of is of girls complaining but it's it's not that it's just not equal it's not 
fair, in my opinion, still. Like we are getting better, but it's not there. And if if we know that the LPGA tour is still not nearly in comparison to the PGA tour, let alone the live tour now, like, oh my goodness, think about think about the middle tour. Think about the developmental tours. Like I remember my first check when I won my first professional event on the mini tour circuit. I have a big check. It's like downstairs in my trophy room. I think it was, I think it was $1,500, $1,500. And I thought I was a baller. Like I got that check and I was like, heck yeah. Like I am going to make it like, this is it. Like I, I and, and I went low. I, I shot real low that those, that three round tournaments. And, but so quickly that money disappeared. You miss two cuts. You have a caddy, you have a hotel, you have a, you have to travel or you got to, you know, pay for yourself, your rounds, your practice rounds, all that. Yeah. You're, you, you, you break a club, crap, I got to buy something now. Like, right. and, and suddenly that's gone. Like, I don't know, even to think how I, I played so well my first year out, I truly in that moment, one, did had, I had no distractions. Two, I really didn't believe that anything would go wrong. Like once I won that first one, I was like, oh, I'm unstoppable. I truly believed I was unstoppable that whole year. And I think that's the reason why I became a top player on the mini tour circuit because I didn't think anything could go wrong. But mm -hmm. the moment something did, I got injured in 2018-ish. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this is actually really hard. And all the money that I had made was gone so fast. And so many careers end in the developmental tours because we simply cannot afford to stay on. Mm -hmm. And brands and people and golf clubs and whatever, they don't tend to believe in you when you're that early on in your mm -hmm. career. Like you have to really convince people to to invest in you and right. so that was that was one of the hardest battles the finances is always the hardest battle when it comes to pro golf and that's a and that's a whole new level of pressure I mean geez, yes I think I I feel so much pressure in college golf as I know all other college golfers do but it's like there isn't even any money on the line yet <laughs> yeah that's facts yeah, yeah. absolutely Tish, you know, you mentioned how quickly, you know, a lot of times that that money can go away, even after an absurd accomplishment, a, a very mm -hmm. impressive accomplishment. I played at the Michigan Open this summer mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I, I thought I played pretty well, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, finished well, got my amateur pro shop credit, thought not a lot, lot of it. That's fun. And the girl who won, I mean, shot like a really low round the final day. And then she gave this speech afterwards, um, you know, being able to accept the, the check as a pro. And um, she said, you know, I, I, I'm so excited to use this money to uh, fund my next couple events. And I remember listening to that being like, oh, wow. So you win a <laughs> tournament and then you're like, great. Now I can play in the next couple ones. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true gosh that was literally my mentality too when I started struggling it was like I played in the Colorado Colorado women's yeah the Colorado women's open and at the time that was one of the biggest purses in a in a you know a, not a developmental tour but in a state tournament and I think I came like third or something I played really well and I got maybe like 25 or three thousand dollars something like that and first place got ten thousand now it's now that purse I think is much larger but I remember yeah. thinking like wow I came third I got like a few thousand I got like three thousand dollars and I was like I'm I'm good I can survive off this for like a quarter of the year next year I think this is enough like I would literally eat nothing but train work at a golf pro shop um I was actually working outdoor services which really 
which really sucked. I'm not going to lie. That was, that was not fun picking range balls and cleaning golf carts. And, um, you know, I was really just like doing it, doing it all over again. I was really just like a, a hamster on a wheel, just grinding and, and quickly, you know, as we mentioned that money runs out and you think that one win or one success can get you far, but really, if you think about it, it only gets you like a couple weeks. If that, especially if you're on like the, uh, what's it called? It's not the Symmetra tour right now. It's the Epson, Epson, Epson yeah. tour. It's the Epson tour now. Yeah. Especially cause you're like state to state to state. It's all so far away. So you're really, really spending more money that way. I mean, that's why I just give so much props to everyone out there chasing professional golf right now, to everyone who's made it in professional golf, who's continuing to grind and work and, uh, and work, you know, on the golf course, really, I just, I'm so amazed. I'm so impressed. And, you know, I fully support anyone who decides to chase that dream. It's really, it's really impressive and, and admirable. So, so Tish, you talk about kind of your social media at the end of college and you almost, you, you helped use it um, for exposure at the beginning of your professional career. So at sure. what point did your social media really kind of start getting so much attention and start blowing up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in, I, I started to slowly get back, get on social media, like in 20, end of 2015. And that was basically Instagram. And I remember my first post was like of a dog, like wearing like a, a, a skirt. I thought it was funny. And it like, <laughs> like, I really, I didn't know what I was doing. Clearly. I like, if my profile posts a picture of some random dog in a skirt. And, and like, I just remember thinking, cause people were telling me like, you know, you gotta find, you gotta market yourself like you're, you're a female in golf and the reality of being a professional female athlete is that you need to find means of promoting yourself. And that's when social media was kind of on the come up. We're all leaving Facebook kind of thing. And I was actually very against social media at the start. I was very, very performance-based. I thought, I know that if I'm a good enough golfer, I'm going to get there. If I'm a good enough golfer. Sure. I'll put on a little makeup. Like, okay. Yeah. I work out. I'm fine. Like I didn't, I didn't care about the way I looked. I didn't care about anything besides perform well, rank yourself, move forward. That was truly my mentality. And then, you know, as we know, uh, a few girls blew up, Paige Renee being one of them that really, really, uh, you know, she, she was in my opinion, like the OG who, who blew up in social media and not everyone may agree with how she blew up, but whether people like it or not, she actually paved the way for influencing and golf and combining those two and like how you use your platform is up to you I am I am a good friend of her she's a good friend of mine so I very much appreciate what she's done Mm -hmm. and um and so for me my one of my first professional events I was paired with her we played for three days straight Mm -hmm. she already got a Callaway sponsorship you know she's getting these deals she was quiet and not talking to anybody because not a lot of girls liked her for the way she was receiving her you know, her, her, her things like Callaway and and whatever. And, but for me, I thought one, that's not fair to be one, you know, judging someone and you don't know them. And like, like, cool, she's pretty and she's a good golfer. Like, why are we going to crucify her? Like, why are we, I'm like, why are we so mean? And so I made it a point to like, I wanted to befriend her. And we ended up playing the mini tour circuit together. And she won one. She's a fantastic player. Actually, she played for U of A and then SDSU two fantastic schools. She was a fantastic AJGA golfer. People just completely let that like fly over their head that she played golf her whole life and she was an athlete her whole life. So 
she kind of was one of the people that told me like, you know, maybe you should look into social media. And I was like, mm, all right, whatever. Didn't think anything of it. I started posting more. I started posting my swings more. And I was like, oh, I got a few creative ideas. Like, well, what Tish, if I like did it? Yeah. I was like, what if I did a trick or something? She's yeah. looking at you like this beautiful golfer <laughs> with a phenomenal personality. And it's just like, Tish, <laughs> like, girl, you seriously should try this out. Like people are going to be so excited to follow you. I, I didn't believe that to start, you know, like I, I started putting out a trick shots and a little bit of, you know, things here and there. And I was kind of growing fast. There was a lot of Instagram pages I would love to feature, feature other girls. And that's kind of like how I started getting known, uh, getting a feature on like a big account and whatnot, like a golf babe or something. And I was like, oh, I don't really like being called a golf babe, like, cause I'm more than that. And then, yeah, and then in like, I think 2017, maybe I posted my first dancing video on the golf course and my little sis, Anatalia, as who who you've met, who we love, uh, she recorded it and she was like, sis, just do it. Just do the challenge. And I'm like, ah, this is so unprofessional. And I, it was the Juju on the beat challenge. And that was a dance. And I remember posting it, put my phone away and I'm like, oh, any chance of sponsors that I could get, I'm probably going to lose it. This is the most unprofessional thing I could have done don't like it. I'm going to delete it tomorrow. Go on social media. And I blew up like 20, 30, 40,000 followers. And I was like, what? Like people like that? Like my video blew up. And I was just so shocked that I was able to combine like hip hop dancing, which was just what I grew up with and golf and I use a platform and people loved it. And that was really my first way of showing my personality was me dancing. It's a huge part of me. And um, that was when I grew. And soon thereafter, someone called me up and said, hey, we'd love to have you at, at, at our charity golf event. Uh, just hit some shots. We'll pay you 500 bucks. And I was like, 500 bucks? And then they're like, yeah, we'll pay for everything. We'll feed you all that. I said, can I bring some friends? They're like, yeah, bring three of your friends. All of us got paid 500 bucks. We just had to show up, have a good time, hit shots, drink a little and whatnot. And I was like, I am living. I'm like, this yeah. is the sickest gig ever. I was yeah. like, if I just have, if I have enough of these social media gigs, I can live, I can have a career. I can, I can go professional. And then it eventually came to the point of like, I'm getting these gigs. I don't want to put it towards professional golf because I'm just losing money. Like, what if I could just do this full time? And so 2018 happened. And that's when I made the decision to uh, put that bag down. I'm still technically a professional. If I wanted to compete, I could go on a mini tour and go do it. I'm not quite prepared, but I could. But, you know, I made the decision to go full force into the social media and I never looked back. I'm like really happy with what I do. You seem so happy from the moment I first met you. I was like, geez, this girl is like glowing, like really. And no, and I mean, that's just, I mean, aside from everything that you've done, you're just a great girl, such, such a great personality, sweet girl. And I mean, you mentioned like posting up that video and, uh, that dancing video. That's a, a lot of your social now is a lot of dancing. You're a yeah, great dancer. Yeah. Let me tell you, if I posted me doing Juju on that beat, I would lose followers. <laughs> I'm such a bad dancer. I'm, I'm awful. Like I'm, I don't think so. We were dancing at the golf pride event. We were having a great time, but you are a phenomenal singer. So you, you know, that, that, I guess I can make up for what you think you lack, <laughs> but you, I think you do fine in both departments. Oh there. gosh, the national anthem <laughs> is the only song in my repertoire right now. Um, <laughs> and uh, the dancing, I'm not kidding. I could tr- like, I could genuinely work on it. Like I've tried to do like a TikTok <laughs> dance in private and I'm like, gosh, this is just in so private. 
like nobody can see this I showed one to my roommate I was like hey I recorded this like what do you think and she was like Emma no <laughs> like not today not this one this is no, not it no, try that, again maybe another time <laughs> that's okay we could do a tiktok together and I'll, I'll make sure it's post worthy we, we'll oh have to put gosh, that on the list I need you to guide me I need you to guide yes, me I got you you got me on snapchat you got me or I got you on tiktok <laughs> That was, that was so funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, you mentioned having these dancing videos, having all this stuff, having, I mean, mm-hmm. a real variety in your social media, the same way I like to do in mine. Cause the thing is, is mm-hmm. at the end of the day, people want authenticity. People want yeah. like who you really are. Like mm-hmm. people see right through, you know, the kind of stuff that's, you know, if you posted everything as sponsored, everything as, um, you know, what you just thought people wanted to see, it wouldn't work. Like your example of when you blew up was posting something that you were like, oh, you know, this is just me having fun. And like you said, people loved it. So something that, you know, I would be really interested to know is you clearly had such a natural kind of jumping off point career-wise, you know, in 2018, you already had kind of this opportunity to, continue to pursue social media instead of professional mm-hmm. golf um because mm-hmm. you had worked to build that up and that it, it does take work like people don't really fully understand but um you know something that kind of makes retirement easy for a lot of athletes all athletes come to the point in their life you know whether you were the greatest of all time or you know you decide to quit after college or before college whatever all athletes get to the point where they're like okay you know um it's time to retire what's mm-hmm. next what am i going to do sure. next And for you, you were very fortunate because you had thought, you know, in advance to do something else outside of golf and continue to build up the social media that you had, you know, that, that avenue. So do you Mm -hmm. think that if you, if you hadn't done all of this work to build up your social media and you didn't have that kind of opportunity outside of pro golf, do you think that you would have kept trying or what do you think that you would have done in 2018? Yeah, you know, if if social media wasn't in the cards, I think I would have definitely given professional golf more of a go. Um, but I, I would be also, I would also not be surprised that if I gave it more of a go that I would have experienced extreme burnout. Because I've just been, I've been competing since I was seven years old. And, and there was going to be a time that it was going to happen. And professional golf is one way to really burn you out, you know, because you're, you're under so much stress when you're playing, because you're playing for your your life you're playing for your career you're playing for your money and um so I think I would have probably given it a go and or I think I would have fallen back on broadcasting I that's what I majored in college I was very passionate about it I think it's something that I am genuinely good at and and so for me I think I would have seen myself somewhere in front of a camera and hopefully if if it brought me that way like it kind of does now I would be in front of camera talking about golf and I, I'm just fortunate that what I do now, I'm still doing that, but it's just kind of like from the likeness of my phone. And so I think that's that's probably where I would be. Or a dancer. Maybe I'd just be like, yeah, forget golf. I'm just going to go be a dancer. Heck yeah. yeah, why not? I think you could be a dancer 100%. I was like, you were just <laughs> messing around at the golf pride event. And I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, this girl is killing it. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, messing around. I don't know what I was, what I was on, but I was just like super high on life and I was just going in like pretty sure the golf pride team was like, who did we hire right now? Like her and her sis, they're just crazy. 
Oh, no, and I love love to like dance. That's why I had no hesitation jumping in, but I knew I was bad. I was like, oh man, these girls look good and I look not good. I look dumb, but it's fun. No, no, no. It was so much fun. I thought you did fantastic. And then you sang that night and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. We're not just golfers, everybody. We're just basically (laughs) performers. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned the differences kind of between what you're doing now and the broadcasting that you originally wanted to do. And sure. what's so cool also is that you have so much more leeway to kind of, you know, be yourself, post what you want, do what you like, you know, something that Because you're really, I would say, the first person that I've worked with and met who kind of really has that star power on social media, really. And I was so interested to hear when we met. Absolutely. When we met, you know, you were unbelievably busy. People think that, you know, it might be like an easy lifestyle or, oh, you know, all people have to do is post. Right. And they're like, could not be, it could not be further from the truth. So can you kind of give me just a little more insight into what kind of your lifestyle is like? You're jetting off sure. everywhere, you're on the road all the time. <laughs> you know, what is your, how has this, uh, you know, career path that you've pursued really changed your day to day? Yeah, I mean, day to day from being a professional golfer, it's still very unordinary, obviously. When you're a professional golfer, you're just grinding all day, like seven, eight hours a day. You train, you go see a mental coach, you so you go see a real coach, you're going to different courses, and then you compete. So that is already unconventional. But like the switch over to what I do now, I think that there is a big difference and a misconception between a golf or takeaway golf, between like a personality, a media personality. Mm-hmm. a creator and an influencer, right? Like there are quite a few influencers in our space. I think you gain a following, people like you, they like what you see and you 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 have the numbers to be an influencer. I think when you add being a media personality, that means you're forward facing, you're a speaker, you do appearances, you talk, you present. You're an entertainer as a media personality. And then as a creator, you're also your own producer, you're your own actor, you're your own everything. You cut up and do everything. And so for me, I feel like I say that I'm a media personality, but I truly believe that everything I do encompasses all of that. And so when you put that all together, my day to day is insane sometimes. Like today is probably a little more lax of a day. I trained, came back, threw some makeup on. I'm talking to you. I got to go run to LA. I got a meeting with my agent and I'm going to come back do some crazy things again. But I think what makes me so busy is that I'm not just a creator and an influencer. I also have to take the time to be forward facing to many events. And when I'm at events, I'm a speaker, I'm a host, I'm an entertainer. I'm, I'm someone who connects other people. I wanna make sure everyone has a good time. I'm a teacher, I will teach golf at these events or I'll be at a top golf, making sure everyone has an amazing time and I have to be present. And so that keeps me busy. Appearances and events keep me busy. And then the moment that I'm done with that, then I got to go take that content, whoever is recording, if it's not me, it's someone else, take that content, bring it back to the hotel, chop it up, turn it around, do it again. Can't post tomorrow. It's got to be today. You know why? Because tomorrow's a new event. And we just do that over and over and over again. And like me and my team, we're small, but mighty. We just work really hard and really diligently and we're cutting up and throwing it up. And I mean, I think, I hope that when people come to my feed that they don't feel like the content I put out there is average. I put a lot of effort even to just like a swing video. I want to add like little bumps and moves and things that just make it more interesting. Tricks take time. Edits, transitions take time. You know, dancing takes time. 
being creative takes time. Like I never want to just put up something simple. Like it's not just about a pretty picture on my feed anyways. Um, for me, it's really about how can I be entertaining with, with the event that I'm at or what I'm doing. And so day-to-days consist of a lot of appearances, you know, being on and top of that, probably like interviews here and there, also editing and producing my own content all at once. And then you just do it again. Like, I don't think I've really had an off day for the last five years, but I, I love what I do though. I love it. And, and I get, I get antsy if I'm off it too long. Like what, I think the longest break I've had was maybe five days once. And even then I was like, I'm going to post a story because that's cool. Like, you know, like it's, it's a, it's an on job. It's a full-time job. That's why professional golfers on the LPGA, like there's a divide. There has been a divide between like influencers and LPGA golfers, if that's just reality of it. And I think that's a misconception is that, you know, people think that an LPGA golfer can do it all. No, they're full-time with what they do. What I do is full-time too. You cannot be both. You need to figure it out. Your one's going to hurt. Your professional golfer is going to hurt, or you can hire someone to help you. I think that's the only way to combat that, but it is very, very full-time. Yeah. Well, I mean, and me kind of hearing all this and witnessing this firsthand when we worked together this summer that, you know, I do want to talk about a little bit um, here, but I was just, I was so, so impressed. And I mean, honestly, like shocked and like, I was like feeling for you. I was like, oh my gosh, like Tish has so much to do today. (laughs) And the thing is, so, I mean, I would say that, you know, while it's clear that you love it so much, that would definitely kind of be a drawback is how, how busy it is, how much it really consumes your life. I mean, how about, Mm -hmm. how about your personal life, Tish? How has your personal life changed? (laughs) <laughs> she laughs what personal life Emma this is my life um this is it I'm talking to my right. friend I'm being interviewed by you right, um, right. you know it's funny I just think it's so funny when people ask about my personal life like fortunately I just love what I do so much and like right. the people that you see on my feed and you know that I collaborate with like I'm genuinely best friends with these girls in this space right. like so right. for me personal life and work do blend a lot yeah. but if I'm being like really personal it's like I spend my, my, my few free times with my family. Like that's what fuels me. That's what gives me life. Um, you'll, if people go on my page, they'll see a lot of content with my family and I'm lucky that they actually enjoy being a part of it. I'm like, you guys want to do a skit with me? You want to do a dance with me? And they're like, yeah, okay, cool. They, they love it. And I think it's something that actually kind of bonds us. And I think that social media could be something that can very hurt. It can hurt somebody more so, you know, and, but for me, it brings my family and I closer together. Like my brother loves to dance. So we dance together. My mom loves to dance and she loves to be a part of my skit. So we do that together. Um, obviously my little sis, Anatalia, she's a performer. We love to do that together. It's, it's kind of a, a lifestyle and it's just my whole family loves to do it. So that way, personal life is easy. Uh, dating life, on the other hand, you know, it is what it is, um, but it's, it's also going. So we just, we make time for the things that matter, right? And, and so- that's, that's that. Yeah, no, 100%. With that being said, I mean, what would you say is your favorite part about all of it since 2018, when you really decided to just go all in on what you do now, you know, being a personality you are today, what would you say is your favorite part of all of it? Gosh, that's such a that's a good question. You know, you don't really, like I said, when you're in it, you don't really take time to sit and think about the awesome things. Yeah. Um, my my favorite part, you know, I I really just enjoy the people I meet and the connections I make, 
at the places that I go. And I think that's really what makes experiences great. Like I recently got to go to a celebrity basketball game and I played in one. And I was, I recently got to go to F1. But if it was just me alone experiencing it, it wouldn't be amazing. It was amazing because I had my team there and my team and I are best friends. I also met amazing people. We made amazing memories. Like golf pride will always forever be such a funny time and a fun time because, you know, I had you as my first time meeting you, Tiff, and we're all ages apart, by the way. We're like, I like, I don't even know if our worlds would have actually ever crossed if it wasn't for that event. Mm-hmm. And that experience will always be like a core memory of mine because I'm like, wow, like these girls were so awesome. We're all in a house together. We're dancing on a dance floor. I'm getting mom talks from Tiff, you know, like it was just like, it's experiences that are my favorite thing. It's the people that I meet that are my favorite thing. And I, I do my best because things are so fast moving in, in this world, right? I'm always thinking of like, what's the next post? What's the next thing? What's this? But when I'm in it, I, I try to make it a point every time, every event or every day to say like, you know, just take a step back and be like, you know, take a look at who you're with. Take a look at what you're doing. Like, this is really freaking awesome like soak it in so I do my best to soak it in and that's when I'm like okay core memory this is awesome that's my favorite thing experiences people wow I absolutely love that answer I could not agree um, agree more just kind of in this in this short period of time for me over the last years when I really you know try to kind of dive into the golf industry and I've gotten the chance to meet people like you that's just I mean have been I've really just enhanced more than enhanced my love for for all of it and just wanting to be a part of it more so for the listeners who don't know Tish and I met this summer in June summer 2020 uh in Pinehurst uh we were two of six women who were all from different walks of life all a part of the golf industry in different ways all we all had different journeys and um I mean grew up very differently uh Say, mm-hmm. we were different to say the least, but we all had <laughs> common. We, I mean, we, we loved golf and we were doing what we could to, to grow the women's game. And we got the chance to, to spend the week together, um, with golf pride. And I mean, shoot some content, do some interviews, just talking all about what we kind of hope for the future about our experience and what we hope for the future for women's golf. And I mean, Tish, I know you said it's a core memory for you. It's it's a core memory for me to say the least. I just felt, I I remember I was like crying in, in your shoulder. I was like, I'm just lucky to be here, Tisha. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was honestly the cutest thing. I just thought like, I remember coming into it and being like, I wonder how this dynamic is going to be. Like, not only were we all from different walks of life, golf being the common denominator, but it was, you know, we're all very different ages. We're all from very different parts of the United States. We all have very different come-ups. And so I thought that was very unique. And um, I didn't think anything, you know, negative was going to happen, but I think the best happened. Like Tiff was in California not that long ago. And she's like, girl, where are you at? And I'm like, girl, I got you. Let me find, let's go out to dinner. You know, like that, that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff is awesome. And like, obviously like meeting you and, and um, you know, hearing your journey. And I just remember you, like venting about like you know your concerns about your career and and uh where you want to be and like look at you you're like you're doing amazing you're doing phenomenal and you're and I like you're you're still so young like I got years on you like you know and and you're 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 doing so well like this is great like yeah that was just an awesome event core memory 
I'm very fortunate that at many events, I get to kind of have those experiences with other women. And so very, very grateful for this life. Well said. Very well said. Um, It was funny. Like you said, we were all different ages, but I mean, like, I was like, all these girls are my freaking besties. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my God. I just, I'll never forget. Like you, for anyone who is listening and you're this far in it, I obviously go on social media a lot. I don't quite understand Snapchat. I just, it's just, I, I just got to be real not that long ago. And I'm like, I don't even know if I'm doing this right. Snapchat, I did not understand. And so Emma here was so kind to, to get me on Snapchat. And I was not happy at how many people did not look at my stuff as if like I had friends. I was like, wow, that's shameful. In, like one view. Like what, what is this Emma viewing me? Like, this, this was the funniest thing ever. So one I'm like, like I'm posting like Snapchat stories and Tish is like, oh my gosh, is that like Snapchat? I haven't done that in forever. And I was like, girl, let's get you on it. She's like, I think I have an account. Logs in. She posts a story. She's like, so am I doing this right? Like you're like a grandma or something. I was like, Tisha, you're like the most advanced social media user that there is. How do I work this? And then she shows it to me and she's like, Emma, why is nobody looking at it? It's been posted a minute. and Like maybe one person saw it. used to this but usually there's a lot more I'm like wow Snapchat's not popping um yeah needless to say I I haven't kept up with my Snapchat so I gotta do yeah I'm gonna get back on it now I haven't been seeing any stories and I've been disappointed but I understand you got a lot of other platforms to keep up with so (laughs) you're right you're right I'll get better I'll get better so Tish, this whole experience at Golf Pride, you know we're, we're celebrating women in golf the future what we envision what we can do to help Um, you know, and what we all understand, what we all talked about our experiences, you know, we all understand that it's been a real male dominated sport. It's been the the privileged white man sport, you know, for, Mm -hmm. for ever. Um, and Mm -hmm. you know, now for you to have such a voice in the golf industry as a female, as of Filipino descent. Um, you're a member of the LGBTQ community. I'm so, I mean, so admirable. You've been heavily in the Trevor project. I mean, what does it mean to you to really, to have this influence that you do? And how do you feel like you're really making a difference? You know, yeah, that's, that's a pretty loaded question. You know, when you think about it, I think for me, like coming into like if I if if someone asked me like you know what I'd be doing five years ago from where I am now like I wouldn't have ever thought that I have a platform but I always knew that I had very you know strong opinions and I had a strong voice and I'm just very fortunate to have a platform where I can speak on those things and I think it's very important with people who do have a platform to like I, I it's gonna sound very cliche for whoever's listening to that but like I, I think it really is important to speak your mind um and share you know your core beliefs because you're an, if you're an influencer you're influencing you know you affect people's lives they follow you because they relate to you and mm-hmm. and I share you know that I'm a part of the LGBTQ community I'm, I'm involved in the Trevor Project I'm a part of the AAPI community because I think it makes me more relatable and it's my truth it's it's like how I came up and I think it's I think when people th- sometimes approach me and they're like, you know, you're you're a leader or like you are an example. And I'm like, I don't really think of it that way. I think it's more like 
I want to be a friend to these people mm -hmm. uh, so they don't feel alone because right. that is a feeling that, you know, regardless of what my social media persona is, like that is a feeling that I have experienced in my past about being a part of the LGBTQ community. I felt very alone, you know, for a while uh, when I was growing up in golf and I was the only, only, you know, pan girl on the range, let alone one of the only girls on the range at a young age, right. I, I felt very alone. And so I think it's important if you can control it to help others not feel alone and to make people feel heard and feel seen. And so it's not about, you know, being like this extravagant, uh, you know, person that is a, a leader or someone to, you know, essentially be worshipped at all by any means. I think it's just like, just being very um, intentional about the words that you say and um, trying to help the world and better it if you can and just being like a really good human. Like that's really just how I see it. I love that, Tisha. That's beautifully said, beautifully said. And, you know, I know I look up to you in a lot of ways and I know a lot, a lot of young girls look up to you in a lot of ways and you just keep doing what you're doing, girl. With that being said, I mean, final question, what's next for you? Kind of what's what are some of your future goals, aspirations? What do you, what are you hmm. looking forward to? Yeah. You know, every time I've, I've put, I've put down a goal, uh, I may not have reached it, but I have exceeded it in a different manner because I've learned just over time, things aren't black and white. Like you got to be cool with the gray. Yeah. And so I think for the next year, I would love to establish more of like a TV presence, whether it's a show or what have you, I, I would love to be more of a, a forward-facing personality. I've done the broadcasting, I've done being a golf analyst, I've done those kinds of things, but I want to be, you know, in a media presence where I can be me and like, you know, showcase golf, like growing golf outside of golf would be my ultimate goal. You know, there's a lot of entertainers, actors, athletes, what have you, getting into golf because they love golf, but I'd love to be that one person that can be the golfer that takes it outside of golf. Like I would love to bring golf into the entertainment world, like be the one to spread it. Like, I think that would be kind of like the, the overarching um, umbrella and goal and being on a show and, you know, doing these things, but just continuing to grow the platforms, uh, continuing to hopefully help the community that I'm a part of spread, spread the word um, and, and things that I feel strongly about hope and just have fun in the process. That's really, that's really the goals hopefully have a more of a personal life too. I think that would be a really great start. <laughs> well, I'm doing yeah, good. I'm doing good. <laughs> you, you're, you're doing amazing. <laughs> I already know. I, I, I know. I know you're doing good. Not worried, not worried about you. That's for sure. <laughs> but really, I mean, I'm, I'm really proud of you. And I, I definitely see that in your future. Um, everything you just mentioned uh, I think, I think you can do anything girls. So you know, <laughs> Thank you. With, with that being said, let's, uh, let's wrap things up here. We finish every episode here on five clubs with a five clubs, five questions. So I've got okay. five quick questions for you. Okay. Okay. Number one, what is the best piece of content that you've ever made? Oh my gosh. You're kidding. <laughs> uh, that's not even a quick answer. Um, uh, I, I, I love a lot of the top golf videos I do. I have one top golf video coming out, which uh, <laughs> is going to come out like a music video. And I, I love that. It's going to be fun. But one of my favorite videos is not even a golf video. I did a skit on my dating life. It was literally like, oh, how'd your date go? And it was essentially me falling crazy in love. And I just think that, like, I look at that skit and I'm just like, 
that was just my personality. Like it was really me. It's me outside of golf. And, yeah. and I really love that piece. Awesome. Awesome. Number two, what is the social media platform that you could never do without? You had to get rid of all of them. You could only keep one. What would it be? Oh. Tish? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a TikTok girl now. I know. I know I'm aging, but I just love the TikTok. I could just scroll. No stop and I'm... <laughs> that's, true. that's true. That's true. Okay. That's true. Yes. I can't, I can't live without TikTok right now. I, I get a lot of inspiration from there. My biggest platform is there. And I think it's just the most fun. Number three, what is a piece of content that you put out that you were, you know, not expecting to go viral, but it did go viral. Mm, that's definitely happened to a few trick shots. I actually did a TikTok. It was really silly. It was, it was, it was about like being a part of the LGBTQ community and I, it took me like five seconds. It was just like me lip syncing. It was like, the sound was, you want to bumba? You want you to want chill to with the big, the big voice? voice? Yes, that one, that one. I did Go ahead and get it, get it. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. And I was like trying to Google the lyrics. I'm like, what the, what is this? And I didn't think anything of it and it blew up. It was, it was wild. And I remember just going on TikTok and I'm like, um, I'm getting asked on a lot of dates. What? Um, uh, um, they're they're a little young. Um, oh, like like I'm like what what's going on? So that was that was definitely a very unexpected, uh, viral video that I'm very pleased about because I it kind of like uh, helped set a a different pillar for me to share me being a part of the LGBTQ community in a very like uh, fun way. I want it to always be fun. Tish, you say you're looking for a development in your personal life. I mean, there everyone's coming to you. <laughs> Yeah, that's the way to do it. Just go super viral and then maybe I'll get more dates. Like <laughs> I mean, exactly. I mean, you got a lot of people hitting your line, so it certainly works. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Number four. What would you say? You're a trick shot queen. What would you say has been the trick shot that's been the easiest to master? And what's one that you haven't been able to do, but you really want to do? Hmm. I think the one that I've mastered for whatever reason is that I can spin the ball on the club. I don't think, I don't know if I did that for you before, but like yeah, literally yeah, I can get the spin. Gross. Yeah. And, and I'll, and I literally just like toggle the, the golf club and, and then I can make the ball spin. I've mastered that. I don't know how I know that something I've been able to do for a very long time. Uh, a trick that I, I am, I haven't mastered. I'm really frustrated that I can't do a club flip, which is like, you're supposed to stall the ball. And when you toss the ball, you flip the club, like you let it spin once and then you catch it and you, then you bounce the ball. And I like hit myself every time. I'm like, I'm like, I gotta get, I gotta get better at this. Like, I gotta, yeah. So I'll, I'll work on that. I'll, you probably yeah. don't have as much time anymore to just be like, oh, I'm going to devote a whole day to like learning a trick shot or. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't even practice golf really anymore. And when people are like, hit a ball out there, I'm like, okay, let's hope for the best. Like, <laughs> like yeah. 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 So for sure. You're absolutely right. Fifth and final question. Now, Tisha, because of everything that you've been able to do in the golf industry, you've met and befriended some pretty awesome people. We're talking Michelle Wee. You did some stuff with Tiger Woods. Like, I mean, dream come true, really. So if you could put together a dream foursome, Oh, you and three other people to play a round of golf with. They could be golfers. They could be, um, you know, late, whatever, whatever you could think of an absolute dream foursome. Who would it be? Oh my gosh. That's so hard. I mean, 
Tiger Woods would absolutely be one of them. He's a very intimidating human, but I really enjoyed my time around his presence. Um, awesome. So him for sure. Uh, um, she does not golf, but like I got to meet Becky G this year, uh, like the, the Latina artist, like the really famous Latina artist. And I was like, you're awesome. And you're so cute. Like, I just want to be your friend. I'll just throw her in there. Awesome. Um, <laughs> like the most random person. Not it's a so random. I love it. And then, um, I don't know, I'll probably throw Michelle Wee. I'll, I'll, I'll throw Weezy in there. Uh, Cause we haven't played golf, but we've hung out a few times and it just, yeah, I'd be interested to actually see her play golf like her and I in a group so I'm I'm gonna throw her in there so it's just me Wheezy Tiger and Becky G like, <laughs> I love it I love it dream come true yeah absolutely perfect well Tisha that wraps up today's episode I cannot thank you enough for joining me today I have missed you it's been so much I can catch up it's been so much fun, Emma. Thank you. Um, I miss you too. You are killing it. You're crushing it. I'd do anything for you. So thank you for having me on. Oh, well, you're you're the best, really. I mean, it was, I feel so lucky to, to be able to call you a friend, really. You know, I look up to you in so many ways and I'm excited to hopefully see you soon. I know I've been talking about visiting, so we got to make that happen, but. <laughs> Let's make it happen. We got to do that soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again, Tisha. And Good luck to you and the rest of your career and everything you got going on. You got a million things going on and I'm so excited for you. So happy for you. I'll stay in touch. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much to golf media personality, Tisha Allen for joining me today on five clubs. I had an absolute blast really just catching up with Tisha today, getting up to date on everything she's got going on, as well as talking a lot about her collegiate and professional golf career. She is a very good player and has got a bright future ahead of her. So thanks so much again to Tisha and thank you listeners for tuning in today on five clubs.